Well, then the prophets tell us that nations shall come to your light and rulers to the brightness of your dawn. By the compelling radiance of your spirit, draw us near. Reveal your truth to us and teach us faithful obedience to your holy word. Amen. Our Old Testament reading is from the prophet Malachi in the third chapter. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts, but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. Our gospel reading begins at the 68th verse of the first chapter of Luke. Earlier in this chapter, the priest Zechariah was visited by an angel who told him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear your son, and you will name him John. Zechariah, he had not heard of fake news exactly that phrase, but he knew the concept and he had his doubts, reasonable doubts. So he asked, how will I know this is so? For I am an old man and my wife is getting on in years. You know, 39 and older, right? And the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day these things occur. And Zechariah did not, could not speak for months until his son is born. When the baby's to be circumcised eight days later and named, the neighbors and relatives who'd come to rejoice with these new parents, they're all ready to name him Zechariah Jr. for their version of it. But Elizabeth says, no, his name is John. Well, the people go to Zechariah and he writes, his name is John. Remember, he couldn't speak. But then, at last, Zechariah can talk. And Luke says that the old priest is filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesies. His prophecy is a canticle or a song of praise. There are one of about six in these first couple of chapters of Luke's gospel, each of these having uh, a Latin name that that's, comes from the, the Latin translation of the first word of that. So his song is called the Benedictus. The other five, the other five focus on the birth of Jesus, but the song of Zechariah honors John's birth as a sign of what has been done and what is to come. The first verses will offer 
praise for what God has done in the past and promise of what is to come. So listen now for the word of God in the first chapter of Luke, starting at the 68th verse. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we being rescued from the hands of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to all those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Now, years pass between this prophecy by Zechariah and by the way, his name means God remembers. The old priest and the new father, back then holding his firstborn son, and then our second reading from Luke, the first six verses from the third chapter, where the adult John is preaching in the desert. In these six verses, Luke identifies John first by time, then by place, and then by function. John's time can be deduced from the names of the rulers mentioned. By the way, one of these rulers that Luke names is the only human being that we name later this morning when we affirm the Apostles' Creed. We call Pontius Pilate by name every week. John's place, his place was the desert. The desert, the desert was where God had formed Israel as a nation and and made a covenant with them. So this implies a return to God. And notice that John, John was not converting people to Judaism. He was baptizing people who were already Jews. As Mark's gospel puts it, John was proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now the Greek word that our, our text translates forgiveness, it comes from a Greek a Greek word that means to let go, to let go. Only God has the authority. Only God has the power to let go of our sin. To obey the call to repent is to respond to God, God who is reaching out to us, deliver us from evil. So listen again for God's word for us in the third chapter of Luke, the first six verses. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his, Philip, his brother Philip ruler of the region of Ituria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias 
ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. The word of God came to the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. He went out into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever held a baby, a new baby, and wondered, who will they grow up to be? What will they do in the great world? What dreams, what hopes will they have? The song or the psalm of Zechariah that we read from the first chapter of Luke has some, has some of that feel, but this is much more than the overflowing effervescent joy of a father holding his newborn son. It's a great hymn of prophecy and praise and blessing. The opening verses sings God's praises for what God has done in history. Well, just look at the verbs, the action words. God has looked favorably on his people, redeemed them, raised up a mighty Savior, kept the promises made as he spoke through the mouth of the prophets from of old. Especially that pro promise that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. God has shown the mercy promised and has remembered his holy covenant the oath he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness. In short, God has been and still is at work transforming the world. God redeems, God restores, and God is faithful. Well, that was then, but, but how about now? How has God looked favorably on you? How has God shown you mercy in your life? How has God enabled you to live without fear, or at least without fear controlling you? The first part of Zechariah's prayer hymn spoke of God's transforming action, and the second part prophesied about John's life, that John would be God's prophet, that he would be the forerunner of Jesus. He would give knowledge of salvation of the people for the forgiveness, the letting go of their sin. John would prepare the way by the tender mercy of our God. Dawn would break from on high and give light to those who sit in darkness to guide us in the way of peace. In the last few verses of Zechariah's psalm, we have a picture of four steps in the, in the Christian's journey. First, there's preparation, that getting ready business. And second, there's the beginning of knowledge or understanding of God's nature. William Barclay is a commentator many have read who 
observes that the Greek concept of God, the Greek's concept of God was passionless, without emotion, beyond joy or sorrow. All those of us who have watched some version of Star Trek along and they would say he looks, he's kind of, that concept is kind of like Mr. Spock or, or the computer voice. For many, the Old Testament concept or image of God was a demanding immediate obedience to the law, kind of an angry finger pointing, you're guilty, the kind of cartoon show. Part of the problem was that they didn't and we don't really have a clear picture of God until we know Jesus. And that brings us to the third part of the picture. There is forgiveness. You see, the problem with sin is not that it's breaking the rules. The problem with sin is that it breaks our relationship with God and with the children of God, with each other. And the fourth part of this picture of the Christian way is walking in the ways of peace. That is, in right relationship with God and with God's children. So what if you felt like John's father, the old priest Zechariah, and if the Holy Spirit filled you and inspired you to write a psalm, a song, a canticle of praise and prophecy, what would you write? How would you praise God? What would you name as the ways that God has favored you? How has God raised you up and redeemed you? How has God's mercy touched your life? How has God transformed your life? And what would you prophesize your hope for the future? See, Jesus Christ has come in history. Jesus comes to us in mystery. And Jesus is coming again and majesty. So let me ask you a question. As you give praise for what God has done and you ponder your hope for what God will do, how are you? How are you preparing the way of the Lord? Thanks be to God. You know, after the when the angel Gabriel visited Zechariah, he was, he was in the temple and he was in there for a long time, so much so that while these people were waiting and waiting and waiting for him, they were waiting for him to come out and say particular words, and I can tell you what those words are. They were waiting for him to say the same blessing that God gave Moses for Aaron to use. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face toward you and give you peace.